Welcome to Myth Take. Myth Take. Fresh take on ancient myth. I am Allison and this is Darren. Yeah. And we are your co-hosts. The feline co-host is outside actually. Yes. We banished her. No more yowling. <laughs> but I can make that up myself. Yeah. If you, you know, feel the need, I can add a meow in. We can add it in later. Yeah, we can add it in later. Okay. We've got a few requests, uh, Twitter requests <laughs> for for more cat. Uh, and less, uh, less myth. (laughs) That's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. Uh, that one's called The Litter Box. This is Myth Takes. That would be a good podcast. That'd be a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Litter Box. So, yeah, this is Myth Take, and, uh, this episode, we are going to be talking about our good friend Hector, Trojan hero from the Trojan War. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it should insert some cheering there. That's my cheering okay. cue. Yeah. Um, so, our passage today is from the Iliad. We're looking in Book 22, lines 99 to 115. Um, so, to get started, we will maybe talk, maybe I'll talk a little bit about Homer, since he's our supposed author in big quotation marks. Yeah, I thought we put that to, to, to rest last week. No, I edited it out because the cat oh. was in the way. Oh, you edited that out? <laughs> Shh, we don't oh. want the listeners to know. All right. <laughs> No yeah. problem. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, I, I, so I there's it. a big question. Yeah. Does Homer exist? Um, oh. Or, or did, did he exist? Uh-huh. I should say, put this in, in the past. The Greeks certainly believed so. Okay. And they, uh, the ancient Greek authors, give a variety of dates. Uh-huh. For example, Herodotus thinks that he, Homer lived about 850 BCE, some other guy. I didn't write down his name. Um, puts him even earlier at 1102 BCE. Yeah, it's going way back yeah. there in the... Yeah. Well, where, so, where are we at the sh- dawn of the archaic or uh, the late uh, bronze and early archaic? Early, early oh, archaic? don't 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 get in there. We'll get ourselves in. in yeah, in, no, I'm <laughs> getting into trouble. We're in the archaic period. Anyway. Yeah, we'll yeah. Um, the 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 end of the dark ages, beginning of the archaic period. Yeah, and that's it. Um, around the time of the Trojan War, within a number of centuries, either way. Oh yeah. But um, whenever he existed, the, or whether he existed, the ancient Greeks certainly uh, thought of him as a poet as a specific poet. Plato describes him as, and I'm going to try to pronounce this, and you can correct me, Darren. Oh, great. A protos didaskalos. Okay. Did I say that right? Yeah. The first teacher of tragedy. Yes. And also the um, hegemon paideas. Yes. I cannot pronounce ancient Greek to save my life. I just just make it up as I go along. A leader of learning. Yes. Um, Because his, Homer's speeches that he writes in his work. And I saw somewhere the number that about half of what he writes is actually speech or something like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, well, 15,000 It's, it's a lot of speeches yeah. that, that, that he writes. That's but people talking. Yep. Yeah. Um, but they were emulated throughout the Greek world um, yeah. as examples of rhetoric and speech making. Yeah. And this, I thought, was really interesting, too, just... Um, to kind of show how prominent Homer and the and, and Homer's poetry is in our own corpus uh-huh. that survives to us today, I found a statistic uh, from Moses Finley mm-hmm. that as of ni- as of the 1960s, 1963, the fragments of Homer account for nearly 50 percent of literary papyri finds in Egypt. So that also shows the widespread nature of Homer in antiquity. 
um, that he was well copied and uh, yeah. spread throughout the ancient world. Really got out there. Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple of theories about who Homer was. Was he this blind poet that he, that is referenced in, uh, I think it's uh, one of the Homeric hymns references mm-hmm. a, a, a blind poet. Is he some kind of mythical founder of a writer's guild, kind of like what we see a bit with, um, perhaps with Hippocrates later um, in, in medicine? Um, or is it just, is Homer just a, a catch name for traditional elements of oral poetry? Yeah, yeah. That, so yeah. that's kind of the, another the another school of the, thought. All so. of that exists under the Homeric question. Yes. What is referred yes. to as And we are not Homeric going to answer that question, question no. tonight because they've been working on that question. That's probably one of the longest standing it's, questions it's one in of those classics. Big questions. And, and we're not we're, we're not, not able to answer that question. We are not gonna right. we are not gonna dig dig, dig I, too far into that. But I will say uh-huh. that um, <clears throat> our, the earliest mention of him in ancient works is um, in some poetry in 650 BCE, and there were 19 different cities, according to uh, this count, 19 different ancient cities that claimed to be home to Homer. Absolutely. And uh, two, two of the more famous ones, uh, Chios and Smyrna. Yeah. We don't know, it, so if Homer were a person, we don't know where, where he was from, but his poems certainly demonstrate familiarity with the geography of Asia Minor, so that's modern-day yeah. Turkey. Yeah, Doric. Yeah, so... Uh, Ionic. No, Ionic. Yeah. yeah. Ionia. He's Ionian. Ionia. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the Greeks of the 5th and 6th century BCE credit him with everything that we now lump under the term Homeric. So um, epic cycle, so lots of poems about the Trojan War, the Iliad, the Odyssey, um, a Theban cycle about Oedipus. I've never read that one. Have you? Homeric hymns and a bunch of other poems that I'm not even going to try mm-hmm. to pronounce. Um, and... As you may or may not know, works are dependent on oral transmission. And interestingly, pretty much every, well, every manuscript uh, that we have from the ancient uh, sources is a little bit different. So there's no even one um, definitive, this is Homer kind of, kind of source. The international man of mystery. He is. So yes. whether he is a person, an idea, we are going to leave that question up to you. And we are going to dig into one of his uh, most famous works, the Iliad. And why don't you set up our passage for us, Darren? Mm-hmm. Give us a couple lines. <laughs> You're falling asleep there. <laughs> Iliad 22, right? Yeah. Yeah, Iliad 22, 99 to 115. It's <clears throat> it's coming towards the end of the poem, of course. Uh, uh, this is a um, section uh, that many people look at uh, when dealing with uh, the hero Hector. Um and um, his concept of heroics, his his you know involvement in the war, and how he thinks as a man and as a hero and a warrior and all that other stuff. And at this particular point, uh, the Trojans uh, are uh, inside Troy, um, and uh, Hector is outside the wall, and um, he's contemplating you know um, going out to to fight, right? Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, there is no Trojan horse in the Iliad. Um, it's actually is it kind of the last, yeah. the last, <laughs> the last few um, weeks of kind of the ninth year or something. That's of, right, ninth of the year war. of the ten year. And it's war. not even really about the Trojan War. It's really a poem about Achilles and his yes. temper tantrum. Right. So if you want the Trojan horse, you're gonna have to wait till we look probably at the Aeneid. 
If, yeah. If, if we ever get around to that. Yeah. Anyway, um, why don't we give the passage It's not even really a that, though. It's just reference. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. part of the lost epic cycle. You know, we only get such a small little piece. You know, the Iliad's great. You look at it, it's 15,000 lines, and it's got this great story about Achilles and all, everything that happens, but... You know, it's it's a, such a small piece of this larger tale that is just lost to us. Okay. Unfortunately, it's the greatest crime ever visited upon <laughs> mankind. Okay, so let's have a listen then to our tiny little snippet from right. this tale. Sounds good. What shall I do? If I go back through the gates in the wall, Polydamus will be the first to heap reproaches on me because he urged me at the start of this last deadly night when glorious Achilles rose up to lead the Trojans into the city. I would not listen to him, but it would have been much better. But now, since I have ruined the people by my recklessness, I feel shame before the Trojan men and the Trojan women with their trailing robes, in case some man of low rank may say of me. Hector trusted in his own might and so refined his people. That is what they will say. And then it would be far better to go and meet Achilles face to face and either kill him and return or die at his hands, full of glory, in front of the city. And yet, suppose I lay down my bossed shield and strong helmet and lean my spear against the wall and go out by myself to meet blameless Achilles and promise to give back Helen and her possessions with her, every single thing that Alexander brought to Troy. Okay, thank you, Allison, thank for you, reading Allison. that. <laughs> Lovely. Wonderful. Um, we'll have to get her in here again to do another reading. <laughs> we should get the cat to do it sometime. Yeah, you never know. So, hi, what do you want to do here? Well, I think we just do our usual kind of idea, line by line, or idea by sure. idea. There's, there's a number of things there that jump out at me. Okay. Um, so... Just uh, what's this? What's this business about um, him having been urged at the last of the start deadly night? I don't know. He's got a lot of questions, doesn't he? Yeah. Right? What shall I do? You know, when you get these questions right at the very beginning, I think it's important. Ninety-nine, very first line. It, it's uh, it's a it's a it's a question, right? It's a moment of indecision. It's a moment of self-reflection and introspection. And Hector, he's a pretty bright guy, right? And uh, he's a pretty complicated and dynamic hero who wears many different hats, right? Mm -hmm. uh, literally, yep. in this passage, and metaphorically. For sure. And uh, he's probably at least one of the most charming um, heroes that we'll encounter. You know, uh, in our sort of survey of, uh, of heroes of myth, there aren't many really what you would say good guys, uh, but uh, it's nice when you get one, and you sort of get one here with, with Hector. So I think that's something that a modern audience could recognize. But that idea, right at the very first line, says, what shall I do? Question mark. And that, that should send up some signal flares right away, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Um, so he is um, outside the walls of Troy. And I think a little bit earlier, um, this translation that I just read, the, the Verity, the Oxford Classics translation, describes him as um, kind of coiled, tensed up like a snake by its hole. Um, He's, he is waiting to meet Achilles in this literal uh, duel to the death, and all of the other Trojans are inside in safety. Yeah. And well, he kind of wants to be there, too. Well, yeah, in a way, but this whole scene is about that ambivalence, right? Mm -hmm. About that vacillation and, and contemplations and what-ifs. Look at the very first line, what shall I do? You know, mostly we look to look at our heroes as being men of uh, extreme fortitude and, uh, of course, skill and... 
all oh, either modern sense, you know, that can be paragons of virtue or moral rectitude or whatever other fancy words you want to say, but you don't want them to be ambivalent about anything. And then here in this scene, what do we get? We get an ambivalent characterization of a, of a character like uh, of Hector, right? What shall I do? And this, this is something that is fundamentally kind of understood as the hero's dilemma. Right, mm -hmm. and 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 we see it in other heroic narrative, you know, and this is part of, this is part of, one of the one of the reasons why we can recognize, you know, heroes, because it's a hero's dilemma. We have dilemmas, right? But this is a hero's dilemma. It's of a of a higher order, right? It's a life and death. It's a fate and destiny decision. It's a it's a moment, right? And a dilemma is a choice between two bad decisions. <laughs> what what do I do? Do I do I do I crumble? Right and uh, uh, you know feel shame, right? Which is this about? Or do I go out and and fight and maybe, well, well and death? Yeah, and it's really interesting too. Like Hector is, um, he's Paris's older brother. He's he's the prince of Troy, and he is the leader of he's, the Trojans. He's Eric Bana. And I just finished watching it. I don't need to read. Uh, what's that from? I like, no, see, no, I know. See, you're talking see. about like TV movie stuff exactly. with me. It it's doesn't cool. work. <laughs> I know. So it's, yeah, it's just from you know Achilles. Okay. Iliad. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's yes, that's where I was. He mm -hmm. is the leader of the Trojans, yeah. and he's having this moment of indecision mm -hmm. and questioning. If he has maybe, uh, well, well, he says, but now, since I have ruined the people by my recklessness. Mm -hmm. So he thinks that Troy is doomed and it's his fault. So what's the, what's the recklessness that he's talking about here? Well, it's just, it's this decision, right? Um, so why, like, why, why has he made this decision to meet, to meet Achilles in, in single combat? Well, I don't even know if he has got to that yet. What the decision is is going on around here now are about a number of tactical battlefield situations that they've made between Hector and his number two general, Polydamus, is the second Polydamus, Polydamus, I however it it's pronounced, <laughs> uh, is the other Trojan general, right? And this is a hierarchical system. These, these men are, these heroes, these warriors are very close to each other. Uh, if uh, someone should... Uh, uh, not meet the challenge, then there is someone below him who can rise to the occasion, right? Uh, this is something that we see with Hector uh, and Polydamus. It's something that we see with Achilles and Ajax. Uh, the list goes on and on, but the but this decision is about what shall I do, it, and then it presents the what if, right? If I go back through the gates uh, uh, in the wall, Polydamus will be the first to heap reproaches on me. It's a what if. Yeah. Um, I just want to say something more about the recklessness. How yeah. I interpret that recklessness mm -hmm. is that he's referring back to, um, I'm not sure if, if, if this works really well, but uh -huh. I think he's like, he takes a certain um, degree of responsibility throughout for what has happened and for his younger brother having having run off with Paris. I, that's, that's, a, oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's, Oh, I know what you mean, that, like, just sort Hector, of, like, generally. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that he feels, sure. and Hector, yeah. I believe that Hector is referring there with his recklessness mm -hmm. to him having killed uh -huh. Patroclus. So, earlier in the Iliad. Oh, that's an interesting idea. In the, earlier mm -hmm. in the Iliad, Achilles has a temper tantrum from an argument with Agamemnon, and he doesn't want to fight with the Greeks. So that's kind of where the Iliad is opening up. And 
Patroclus, his cousin slash boyfriend, depending on what kind of reading you want to take of their relationship, um, convinces Achilles to let him go out and fight. And he goes out wearing Achilles' armor. And so Hector kills Patroclus thinking that he is killing Achilles. Because on the battlefield, your armor is your face, right? Like, that's what people see. And, um, and, and it's that death of Patroclus that has really pushed Achilles over the edge and made him into this madman, which we can talk about a little bit later. Um, so that's, that's kind of what, what I see there with his, with his recklessness, that maybe he's, he's ruining having <laughs> stoked the anger of Achilles even more than it already was. Yeah. Know. That's you know, opinion. as a shepherd of his people, metaphorically, you know, he makes mistakes. Yeah. He's a man. Uh, heroes, you know, as much as we like to uh, put them up on a pedestal, they do make mistakes. And unlike regular people, their mistakes have repercussions that exist in their community of peers. And if they find themselves to be kings, then that can be disastrous. Or if they find themselves to be demigod heroes like Achilles, then that can be disastrous. Or if they find themselves, uh, you know, Trojan princes slash, you know, generals and heroes like Hector, then those decisions can have repercussions too. And he realizes it. And things like fate and destiny and ruin and recklessness and all that stuff are part of the tragic uh, reception, right? that these heroes often generate. Their decisions, like I said before, their heroes' dilemmas are big decisions. You know, I don't cause a city to, to be sacked and burned if I forget to bring home bread and milk. Right? <laughs> but uh, if uh, Hector makes a choice, makes a decision, it's got consequences. it has massive repercussions for his community. So with the next line, I know, I well, I think you were wanting to say something about that. Um, Which, he says, I feel shame before the Trojan men and the Trojan women with their trailing robes. The yeah. Trojan women are always described with having trailing robes. Oh, I know. They're, they're, yeah, like, they're beautiful. Their laundry bill must have been they're, horrendous. Yes, constantly. Yeah. But let's, let's think about the shame for a minute. Um, yeah. So do you want it to maybe explain to some of our listeners why shame, shame? here, it's got maybe more importance yeah. than we would place on it? I, well, yeah, we do overlook it, right? Um, we don't really um, exist in a shame culture. Uh, the ancient world is a shame culture. Shame cultures... Are, are cultures whereby which uh, an individual's thoughts, feelings, motivations, reactions uh, are informed by the perception of others. Uh, and mm -hmm. uh, so it's extremely public. And you, you are who people say you are, right? And reputation yeah, is everything. Reputation is everything, right? And uh, it's not like, you know, um, I, I am who I am and and so on, the very rugged individual in the modern sense. I have the inherent yeah. value yeah. as a, they as don't, a That's person. all bunk. Yeah, yeah they, they, they don't really, well, they wouldn't really they look. They don't go for it. No, they won't go for it. Yeah. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't understand a conscience-type uh, culture with an internal monologue that informs right and wrong and so on and so forth because they didn't live in that, in, that type, in that type of world anyways. Yeah, and he references like what, what somebody of low rank may say of him. Oh, that's so a it, great it's, section. It's not just, it's not just his his peers, so to speak, absolutely. His, his mother, his father, his uh, siblings, um, his wife, yeah, absolutely. it's even like what the word on the street would be um, yeah. with this. 
So do you want to take us into the next line then? Oh my um, god, I don't even know. I'm, oh, I'm still oh, back in oh, the second line. Oh, oh, sorry. Did well, we miss something? Well, I just know. Like, it's oh, fine. Like, it just says, if I go back through the gates and Polydamus will be the first to heap reproaches on me. Just that idea. Mm-hmm. The first of many. It's not. He's not saying Polydamus is going to say something. He'll, he'll be the first to speak. And yeah. then there'll be someone else. And then there'll be someone else. And then there'll be someone else. And just the idea of heaping reproaches, right? Or reproaches to express disapproval or disappointment. You didn't do it right. Right, and whether yeah. whatever this re- reckless decision was that we were talking about before, whether it's general or or just his idea uh, back in book eighteen uh, to stay, leave the army outside at night, you know, while they're really putting the pressure on the Greeks, um, that led to this predicament where they find themselves all sort of, you know, chased into Troy by Achilles on the previous day. Now Hector's got to go back out there and try to salvage some sort of dignity in the face of this. Victory from the jaws. Of yeah, victory from the jaws <laughs> of defeat. You know, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that that's in there, right? He'll heap reproaches on me because, and and then look at that next line. It says because he urged me at the start of this last deadly night. That night. That's that night, yeah. right? When when glorious Achilles rose up, Polydamus so, told him. He's he's like, dude, we this isn't. It's not even work. It's yeah. not even that he's just made made a mistake. Yeah. It's that he's been told he's been told to and do it this way, and he has dismissed that advice. Absolutely. So that just compounds it. That's telling. Yeah, and very much so. I like the imagery. Like one of the great things with Homer, of course, is the language yes. and the imagery and the metaphors and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. even just um, the the way that this translation has put it, that he's heaping reproaches. I just mm-hmm. have this this vision of Hector with his like being buried <laughs> under like a mound. All these word <laughs> bubbles popping around him and like just, pointing fingers and d- yeah, and yeah. just kind of like dumping down on him absolutely and burying him. Yeah. And, and you can see that. And, and to add to that, in that, that section, in that third line, you know, it says, because he urged me at the start of this last deadly night. And then there's a comma. We're moving into another line. It says, when glorious Achilles rose up to lead the Trojans uh, in the city. Right? Like, it's great because it's talking about, like, when you read that and says last deadly night, you can take it in both senses of the word. Last night. Was like deadly. In, in last night. Or this is the last yes. night. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're because this is a section that will ultimately move Hector into confrontation with Achilles. Mm-hmm. And, there won't be and, another. And there night. won't be another dawn for him. Yeah. Right. Like th- this is this will be the right? Trojan War is going to go on a bit longer. Yeah. But with yeah. Hector gone, yeah. it's, it it seals it seals Troy's yes. Troy's fate. Absolutely, and Achilles too, right? Because yes. the two of them yes. are linked together. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so deadly I, night, glorious Achilles. Oh, yeah. when I said that. That glory, I mean, that Achilles rose up part. Mm-hmm. I just like that idea because it, when you're talking about night, and when mm. you rise up, it's day. Yeah. So all that solar imagery, right? Night and rising day. Achilles and with the fire on his head and the yes. ascend. Uh, he's ascendant, right? This is one of those ascendant moments. For and Achilles. with his new armor, I was yeah. going to wait until the end to bring this yeah. up. But with his new armor, yeah. which is made by the gods, so, yeah. Hector is wearing Achilles' old, old armor, armor yeah. that Patroclus had worn because yeah. as the victor, Hector got to take it away. And right. so he is confronting Achilles in yeah. his old armor. Achilles has new armor that has been made by the gods. Yeah. And so there's this, this divine armor. aspect 2.0. of it. So you can just envision him as like a sun, 
like yeah. a red it, hot fiery sun coming up over the horizon. Yeah, it not sheds that light. I see many sun sunrises because yeah. I am definitely not a morning person. Uh, but I'm told the sun sometimes comes up in uh, spectacular sunrises. Exactly. I think one of the most <laughs> one of the most uh, well highly used phrases in the Iliad is you know rosy fingered dawn. Yeah, right? talking about yeah. dawn and aos and all that and yeah. the rising. There's all kinds of, of things like that. It's about so, ascendancy and death and. This is the yeah. long, dark journey of the soul, right? So we'll yeah. see how that, that goes out. To lead the Trojans in, and then what's he say, right? Um, I would then, not listen. Yeah, and then we talked, we've already talked a bit about the yeah. shame. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that he, like the words that he, he puts in this, yeah. uh, in other people's mouths, Hector trusted in his own might and so refined his people. Oh, that one, yeah. And you can laugh at that because yeah, I, I tripped like up on that on my first take at reading that passage. And I was like, wait a minute, refined? I don't yeah. remember this part. And who's the translator of this one, Verity? Yeah, that's yeah, that's Verity. Okay, so yeah, this is another one of those interesting sort of things that come about when you you move through and encounter and read and interpret different translations. Yeah. So just just for reference, um, Lombardo, um, who, if you're looking just to read the Iliad, just for the story, and want something that's really fresh oh, and I love flowy, Lombardo, Lombardo awesome. is a great translation. You should watch his readings on YouTube. Ooh. Yeah, he does, live, put up some links he does live readings. Yeah, he does some readings, which okay. are really excellent. He, translate the, he translates this line, Hector trusted his strength and lost the army. And lost the army, yeah. What... What is Verity getting at with with his with with the way that he's chosen? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, yeah, because refined is a weird word. It is, and, and it's it's a little a little archaic in its usage here. Uh, but with that particular one, was the section before is talking about decisions and so on, and uh, even the lower man uh, would would heap reproaches on on Hector. And when when I read that, I like to look at it and say. Hector trusts in his own might. We we know about that. That's being selfish, a lone wolf mentality. When you hear that word might, that's baya, right? That is force, right? And mm. then it says, and so refined is people. Now, refinement means to to remove impurities, right? Okay. And so, and, and in this case, by death or exposing them to death in combat. So with Lombardo, he's saying he, that he's implying that um, this decision will will kill more of his army off, right? Uh, Verity is stressing a little bit more about the community part of it because just before it, it was a lesser man who was reproaching him. And he's probably saying, you know, well, if that's the case, and he's just going to send us all out there to die. And who's he sending out to die? He's sending us, us, you know, poor saps, or these suckers on the street or these men of lower rank that are, that are, that are speaking in that line just before that, right? Okay. Because it's kind of like... It's it's something that many people accuse generals of doing, right? It's like cannon oh, they, fodder. Yeah, cannon fodder. Send the colonials in, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Let them do it. You know, like, here goes the whistle, and send them in, and then go. Ah, well, good try, boys. And then maybe we'll you know get at it again a little bit later. But I think that's kind of what that refinement's getting at there. So he's he's winnowing down the population. Yeah. Well, okay. that's what he's what that guy okay. would accuse him of. He never does that. Yeah. Hector yeah. Is oh, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. This is all his yeah. kind of his hypothetical. This is all hypothetical. The horrible he's, thing that they're going to say. Exactly. To him. So he's all cognizant of these various sort of reproaches that will come from different sectors of his community, and that part where he's talking about not only feeling shame. It says, you know, um, in case some man of low rank may say of me, I immediately think back to book two. I immediately think back to Thersites, Odysseus, and Agamemnon. Oh, right. Thersites is this low man of low rank, this common infantryman 
who dares to speak up, right? You yes, know what I'm yes. getting at, Yes, right? and we will, we will have to do that passage yeah. sometime. For, right, for and then what happens to him? He gets uh, beaten by Odysseus, he and gets, everybody laughs at yeah, him, he and get, he is... You got it. Yeah. And that's it. He gets yeah. a savage he's beating. Shamed. He's shamed. He's put in his place, and, and Odysseus beats him to the edge of his life, right? And yeah. then that's it. So that guy, right, was punished for his uh, voicing his opinion, mm-hmm. right? And in this case, those heroes there, Agamemnon, uh, Odysseus, Menelaus, they didn't consider this guy. He he just got up and, you know, they're like, oh, this this turkey, right? And he started speaking. And they didn't care. But now, but now Hector seems to even care here. He's worried even about what a guy like Thersides would say about him. Yeah. And what did that do for Thersides? He just got beat. That yeah. was it. Right? So Hector here in this passage, he weighs three different options of yeah. things that he could do. So this first one is this idea that I could just go back inside the walls and they will mock me and I will be shamed and life will be horrible. And so he kind of dismisses that. What's his next option then that he um, brings up here? Do you want, was, me, to, do yeah, you want was, me to read it? Yeah. Okay, so then it would be far better to go and meet Achilles face to face and either kill him and return or die at his hands, full of glory in front of the city. So this oh, is, yeah. this is um, option number two. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is the hero's dilemma, right? These are all the things that playing out in his mind. And whenever I, I hear these types of things or, or think about this section, and even the sections before where he's... And, and yeah, there are three options, but you notice there are also three avenues of reproachment, right? Yeah. There are his peers, there are the people, there are even the Trojan women he's considering. Well, right? and... Everybody in the community is, uh, you know, in some way, a, 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 response, a responsibility of a guy like Hector. Yeah, right. and this uh, and this and option is not without its reproaches either. I apologize for interrupting. Yeah, no, I get really fine. excited. <laughs> um, this is not without its reproaches either, because just prior to this passage, yeah. both his father and his mother oh, yeah. have begged him not to do this because they are certain that Achilles is going to um, yeah going to kill Hector and. I'm just going to see if I can find his mother and his father. Find the passage there. They don't want him to go out. Here it is. Uh, This is this is from Lombardo. Mm -hmm. He's uh, uh, I don't know line forty-five-ish. Oh yeah. Hector, my boy, you can't face Achilles alone like that without any support. You'll go down in a minute. He's too much for you, son. He won't stop at anything. Yeah. Oh, if only the gods loved him as I do. Can you imagine hearing that? Mm-hmm. That's from your father. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's not a strong vote of confidence. No. And then he goes on and says, you know, um, Achilles has already taken so many sons of them. I can't, you know, there's, yeah. and, and even now there's two more that I can't see mm-hmm. and they're all gone. And if, if we lose you, that's going to be it. Like we're just, we're going to die of grief. And as well, not just for him, not just for the parents, but. Priam says to him, live to save the men and women of Troy. So li- that that dilemma, live yeah. to fight another day. Yeah. Um, and then he, and then, and then Hecuba chimes, chimes in as well and asks for, asks for pity yeah. um, on, on Achilles' part. So he's not, he, <laughs> he is the dutiful hero and his adherence to duty is something that is so great that it almost comes in as a fault. 
to the point that he will ignore, I'm going to say ignore, that might be a sharp word, but I'm going to say he will ignore the advice of his blood kin, his father and his mother, and instead be motivated into action on this idea of duty and responsibility to the community that he represents. Troy, mm -hmm. the warriors, the, the community of heroes, and so on, right? Yeah. Uh, that, for him, is what gets him out that gate, right? Yeah. Well, gets him out to face Achilles. And and even though, even that line at the top where you're saying, you know, or the, the, it's the what-ifs, right? Or die at his hands, full of glory, in front of the city. Well, and that's also uh, the hero's dilemma. Like, the hero wants their glory. And yeah, that glory is is sometimes in their death, right? Having, oh, totally. having that, well, I shouldn't say sometimes, it's almost always, always. in their death. It's, yeah. it's about having a glorious death yeah. and dying heroically. And you, so you even can... if Hector does die, which we know he does, yes. um, he's determined to get one last, and he mentions this a little after yeah. this passage, one last glorious act out of that. And that is he's going to go down in history as confronting Achilles. Yeah. And hey, if you've got to be killed... What better Who way to better, do it? right? Well, like this is to, part of it, yeah. To be tied up with, with. the memory of Achilles. You like got it. Achilles killed these guys and he killed Hector. Yeah. And um, by wounding, being wounded, killing, or being killed, yeah. a hero can acquire Kleos. Yeah. So and that Kleos, that's the world of options. And that Kleos is memory. Right, mm -hmm. that there will be songs sung about him, yes, and right. <laughs> there will be there will be two people who think yeah. they know something about the Iliad. Hector Making wants a to... podcast someday and talking exactly. about Hector. And That's his playoff. Exactly, Hector wants to get on the album. Right? Yeah. If the Iliad is a song, right, it's like an album. He wants to get on the album. He wants to be in the liner notes. He's going to be the lead singer. Well, actually, I don't the think lead he wants singer the liner is going to be he wants Achilles. More than the liner notes. Yeah, I know, but this is part of the concept of it, right? This yeah. sort of this 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 quest for imperishable glory. So this is what they will say, uh, and then uh, it will be far better, right, to go uh, out and meet Achilles face to face, yeah. mano a mano, in the hero in the heroic contest, right? That's mm -hmm. the way the heroes fight yeah. fight. And either kill him and return, and this is the death before dishonor, the, the, the you know the Marine Corps mantra, uh, or die at his hands, full of glory. And every time you see glory, you just circle it and write Kleos in front of the city, right? Yes. And that's cool because it's everybody's spatiality. watching. Everyone's everyone's they are watching. They're up on the walls of Troy. The Greek the camp Greeks is watching. watching. His family, all of the, the Trojans, Trojans are, are watching. watching. And Nobody's going to miss watching. that. The gods. The gods are watching. <laughs> oh, I right. got that one right. <laughs> you got that one. So they're all there, right? So everybody is watching. It's public, right? And yes. um, um, all eyes are on this uh, dutiful hero, this moment of decision, the hero's dilemma, right? But even now, Achilles is lo still looking for a way out. He knows, and I, I think he knows he's going to have to Achilles go this route. Or, sorry, Hector, Hector is looking for a way out, and his Third option. Yeah, I, I, yeah, okay. We can laugh at it, yeah. but he entertains the thought, yeah, and it shows ahead. his desperation. Yeah, go ahead. Suppose I lay down my shield and yeah. strong helmet, uh -huh. and lean my spear against the wall, and go out by myself, so go out unarmed, mm -hmm. and meet Achilles one-on-one. -on -one. And mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, that's not going to work. And why do we know that that's not going to work? <laughs> what is Achilles like right now? Are yeah. you think Achilles is not, you know, he, he wants to go out there, and, and Hector's, the way Achilles Hector's is, framing this, as if he wants to go out there and talk to him like a man. But Achilles, but Achilles is isn't a man. A man. Right. Achilles, he won't listen. from yeah. his descent, yes, he's yeah. half divine. Yeah. But by this point in the Iliad, he's consumed with his rage and yeah. he has his divine armor. Yeah. And this is not... It's a killing machine. 
Yeah. Yeah. He. Th- this is not a man that can be reasoned with. No. This is. This is a. Uh, like a, a personification almost yeah. of of Ares, right? Yeah. Or Ares. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. Uh, yeah. Just this. This murder and madness and. It's uh, a fantasy. Yeah. It's a fantasy scene. But Hector, right? Hector is just like, maybe, maybe, maybe I could. Maybe I could just say, here, take Helen back. Take everything back. And mm-hmm. let's just pretend this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, which, There's, Yeah, which we know is not going to work. But again, you know, Hector's a smart guy. He's weighing out all his options. He's looking at these sort of things, maybe. And, and the idea of it is not entirely ridiculous because uh, Hector uh, says that um, he could go out by himself to meet blameless Achilles mm. and promise to give back Helen and her possessions with her. So he yeah. knows about the cause of the war. He knows about how things are going. He knows that, at least in his mind, the Greeks are here in order to get Helen back. And when when he says blameless Achilles, now you were just talking about how Achilles is um, in, this, in this phase, right? Yeah. Where he's, uh, his passion is wrath, right? Is personified. Thumos? And Can we say Thumos? No, no, oh. no, it's not a Thumos. It's just his manus. It's his manus, oh, okay. his wrath. Shoot, right? I was hoping yeah. that I could show that I learned yeah, something from Yeah, we got a Thumos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no. And, and, and he doesn't speak to his Thumos in the scene, which is yeah. great because so many people listening doesn't need to. But, uh, and this is a speech act. And uh, he says, uh, blameless Achilles. It was a great line. So, you know, you say, well, why did, you know, didn't Hector just kill Patroclus? Doesn't Hector understand that Achilles is going to come after him after he did something like that? Doesn't that is is that not informative in this decision-making process right here at this spot? Yet, how does he describe Achilles? He describes Achilles in this as blameless, blameless. right? He's I honorable. Find that this idea fascinating, yeah, right? Because, well, okay, I don't know. How do you how do you take this idea that you know Hector would call Achilles blameless in this situation? How I you have usually thought of it is mm-hmm. not that, not in the sense that Achilles has never done anything wrong, mm-hmm. but that Achilles, uh, it, like the, the same way they talk about the blameless gods. That's what I always think of with with this. Oh yeah, like just they, a they simple talk about epithet. the gods being blameless. Like they're 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 so far above you. They're above. Re- like you you can't reproach them. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, that's and what that's I think perfect. of with that. Oh, and, and that's absolutely <laughs> perfect. Because, in, in it's, okay, we can say, oh, it's just an epithet. Let's move on. But it's not. No. And the way you've described it is important. Because you compared it to an epithet that describes a divine being. Yes. And it's talking about faults. It's talking about human failings and faults. And when you say a character is blameless, you automatically link them to a divine perfection. So Achilles, Hector recognizes it. And what he recognizes, this blameless quality, is, yeah, is that he knows what Achilles is coming to do. He knows that Achilles will face him. He knows Achilles will fight him. And he will do his best to stay alive, right? Mm -hmm. But his motivation, Achilles' motivation, Hector understands. Because it's about retribution, right? It's about punishment. It's about, you know, revenge, right? Those Mm -hmm. types of things. Like, he can understand that drive, right? That is something that is pure, yes. right? That is blameless, mm-hmm. right? So I, I can I can I can get close to that. I like that idea. I think it works quite well. What else we got? 
Um, well, um, so give give back Helen and her possessions with her and every single thing that Alexander brought to Troy. So yeah. Alexander is Paris's name. It's it's another name for Paris. He 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 goes by the two names. Um, yeah, here here we can talk a little bit. I mean, we're getting away from from Achilles here, but he's referencing the uh, the perceived cause of the Trojan War, which yeah. is Helen. Helen left Sparta. It's she important. left. She left Menelaus. She left her daughter, uh, whose name I don't remember. Hermione. Hermione. That's right. Is that a Harry Potter character? It, yeah, named okay. after her. All right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I do get the occasional cultural. There reference. you go. Um, and there was debate even in the ancient world, and you know, did Helen go of her own accord? Did she stay in Troy of her own accord? Could she have left? Um, was she kidnapped? What's going on here? Who's to blame? Our students yeah. actually just wrote papers about who's to blame for the Trojan War, so we can give you several hundred different uh, opinions about that. Yeah, a lot of different. Um, and no definitive answer. No definitive answer. But I will say that this this section here at the end. Uh, is important because it does include Helen in this sort of trinity of the prime movers of the story. You start with Helen, well, you start with Achilles at the beginning, and then what is what is Achilles defined by his greatest oppositional force, Hector, uh, it, you know, and so a couple of other things. And, um, of course, book two, you got Agamemnon, blah, blah, but Helen. Helen, Helen, Helen. Helen's always in there. That idea of Helen and Helen's possessions occurs with a high frequency. I did a little sniffing around 31 times in the Iliad, well, it's 15,000 lines, so that might sound yeah. like a small frequency, but the direct mention but of Helen and her possessions yeah. is one thing that I wanted to look up. Because not only is it about Helen as a woman, and, and Helen as a demigod, and as a daughter, a de demigod daughter of Zeus, and this great prize of beauty, but, you know, the fact of the dowry, right, the possessions, right, those went along with it. And I find that fascinating, because that's something that is often mm -hmm. overlooked. People just talk about, you know, Paris, and... Paris and uh, Helen got together, and they couldn't help themselves. And next thing you know, they absconded away to Troy, and and, uh, and, and here they are, right? Yeah. I'm like, you know what? No, there's something else going on there. There's a well, great deal of loot involved. And we are on the same wavelength with that, because I was just going to say, um, shortly after this, like in the lines following this passage, and uh -huh. this, is, this is a continuation of this soliloquy, um, and I'm reading from, for, from Lombardo here. But um, Hector is saying, I'll give, I'll, like, I won't just give back everything that he brought with him. Uh -huh. I will give, give everything that we have. All of the treasure in Troy's citadel. Yeah. So he kind of wants to buy his way out of it. But, sure. <laughs> but, but he goes on and says, I'm yeah. going to read this just to wrap this up for our, yeah. for our listeners. Why am I talking to myself like this? Yeah. I can't go out there unarmed. Achilles will cut me down in cold blood if yeah. I take off my armor and go out to meet him naked like a woman. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, and uh, better and to lock up in mortal combat as soon as possible and see to whom God on Olympus grants the victory. Yeah. yeah. So Achilles decides on that. Option number two, which I think he know, he knows all the way you along. Hector. That he, sorry, Hector. Yeah. I decides on option number two, which I think he knows all the way along is the one that he has to do, yeah. even though he's frantically looking, um, looking out for, uh, for another another way to go. Yeah, well, you know, he's weighing his options, right? It, they're all they're all uh, interesting, you know, but it must lead to these two men fighting, right? Mm -hmm. Hector is a man, right? He's not a demigod son 
of Thetis and Peleus, like Achilles. He's 100% He's 100% mortal. mortal, and he has duty and honor and the best training that uh, a human can get. But in the face of the revealed wrath of Achilles, he is uh, not even close. And he will not win. He will not and, survive. And I think it's even um, a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. That that line about, you know, to see who the gods on Olympus uh, yeah. are going to give the victory to. Like, yeah. he's... He, and this is something that we talk a lot about when, when we talk about the Greek gods. It's kind of this struggle, like... How, how can humans stay on the gods' good side, and how to yeah. how to navigate the whims of of the gods when you're just immortal and you're just out there, you're doing your Fortune best. Fortune and glory. And yeah, and and you know what? We we and, and I know it's epos, I know it's epic, but this is a tragedy, mm -hmm. right? And uh, you know, it's got plenty of fear and plenty of pity, and that's all we really need. And this guy is going to go down, and and you know it, and. The idea, right, uh, and, and I don't know what Homer's getting at, right, or that collective conscience that created the Homeric voice, yeah. right, because he, he assembles it. It's not, yeah. it's, a sui, it's not sui generis. He doesn't just yeah. say, gee, I'm going to tell a story about this guy. And this, it's no, oral tradition. It's, it's oral tradition, together, so it's yeah. already there. So he, he, he is, this idea is that, in, and this is the tragedy of it for me, in a moment when a man needs support, when a moment when a man like Hector needs divine assistance to survive, right? He's left alone. Well, right? and he's worse abandoned. than that, he's not just abandoned. He's the gods go on to trick him. And abandoned, yeah. So we we better yeah. leave it there, or yeah. we're going to get too far <laughs> too far away from our yeah away from our passage. But those are definitely some passages that yeah. I'd, I'd like to look at the death of Hector, the, the, the death of Hector duty. at some point as mm -hmm. well too. So I think we've done a pretty good job with that one. Okay. Shall we leave it there for tonight? Sure. Now, what do, now what do we, how do we sign off? Well, we start with our regular sign off? We don't have any listener mail. So oh. if you're listening, you need to send us some listener mail so that okay. we have some listener mail. Yep. Um, we can make an anonymous listener mail if you want, but who wouldn't want to be famous on, on, on our podcast? Oh, <laughs> anyway, so that's it for this episode, and we will be back again at some point. I'm Darren Sundstrom at Twitter. Uh, at Twitter, at, no. <laughs> on Twitter, I'm at Darren Sundstrom on Twitter. And I am at Innes Allison, so give us a follow. Let us know what you think. You can check out the blog, allisoninnes.wordpress.com. And I think there's, there's a link to that in the show notes as well. And so, the podcast, which I like. Yes. You can just listen to it. If you, you don't just, have to download it. Yeah, if, if you don't want to do iTunes, we are on Podbean. Podbean.com. So you can get the, RF, the RSS feed off of there. Sure, absolutely. All right, well, we'll let the cat back in, and we will say goodnight. Good night.